Let's turn together to book of Revelation, chapter 5, and then just wait a while. <laughs> One of those. Um, this summer, uh, this summer's been dominated by different issues than the spring. You know, the spring was all about coronavirus, and then we kind of like got used to that a little bit. In the summer, the theme has been uh, has been issues of race. When I, I say the it's been dominated in America, that has that's what is going on. That's why we've been talking about it now. Coronavirus obviously not going away, but issues of race are prominent, and I want to talk about that this morning. And uh, I think that there's a chance that already I've lost some folks, you know. And not because you like don't want to hear about it or anything like that. It's it's become a uh, a polarizing topic, um, and of course it is because that's what sin does. Sin separates. Racism is is sinful, and sins divide people. Um, so of course it's been polarizing, and um, I just ask that you give me a hearing. You in this room. You in the fellowship hall, you on the live stream, uh, just give me a hearing as someone who God has put in this position of leadership in this church family. Um, You can dismiss me later if you want to. If you take issue with some things that I say or how I say it, uh, you have to come to me. It's just, you have to come to me. Um, But... Just for the sake of God's leadership of your life and the life of our church and the kingdom of God as ex, as it's expressed in our culture, just just be open to what God brings to the table today. And hopefully I am just the humble vessel to bring a word this morning. So I, I, I come to you as a pastor, all right? Not as, a, not, not as an activist or a politician, not as a, a, a CNN or Fox News viewer, Okay, um, not based on how I'm registered to vote. I'm not a lobbyist, a sociologist, a historian. I'm not an expert on anything, much less racial unity. Uh, I'm not coming to you as someone that's trying to endorse a particular organization. I'm not coming to you to try to align Living Hope Fellowship with a particular position on any of the super important issues that spring out of this whole topic. Um, there's a time and a place for those to be addressed. It's just not not here, not today. Uh, I just come to you as a, a simple pastor who has the massive privilege of giving leadership to this family. And I know from living life among this family that we as a group are not as diverse as we want to be, are we? Right? Like we, we are a mostly white congregation, but not by design, not by intention. Uh, so in, in, in hearing the expressions of a desire for d- diversity, I believe that God has positioned us as a church to become incredibly diverse in, in many ways, uh, race and ethnicity being one of them. I think he's taking us deeper and wider in order to do that. And, uh, so with that in mind, I want to look at the issue of race from inside the kingdom of God. Uh, laying aside all the cultural narratives. What, if we're going to be kingdom people, and that's, such a, that's 
what I try to bring to the table as much as I possibly can. What is this inside the kingdom of God? How do we handle this? How do we think about this? What does the Bible say? Um, with all this in mind, let's look at this issue. Now, um, one thing that is important is, is we have to understand the, the Bible a little bit, you know, because the Bible, um, the Bible is a, a masterfully constructed book that uh, that God wrote through men and God compiled and um, if you there's this this thing that people call that they call it the bookends of the Bible that the first three chapters and the last three chapters uh, like frame the story in a really beautiful way first two uh, Genesis 1 and 2, you have creation, you have unity of God and his creation, and there's a wholeness and a holiness about it. The third chapter uh, enters sin and death uh, through the enemy and human rebellion. Um, then if you jump to the end of the Bible, the third to last chapter Sin and death and the enemy are permanently uh, put away, for, like forever, third to last. Then the last two, you have creation, unity, wholeness, God and his people together forever. So the bookends, first two, last two are the same. Third, third to last, uh, sin enters, sin exits. And so what that tells us is that the middle of the, middle of the Bible is a big story. That's like, how did we get from here? to this beautiful end. And what does the beautiful ending look like? Um, I sent you to Revelation 5. Uh, If we're thinking in terms of the story arc, uh, we know that uh, in Genesis 3, when sin and death and everything enter, that that's where those divisions come from. That's when man and God were separated. That's when uh, man and man were separated. That's when man's own relationship to himself was separated. That's when all these divisions and things happened. And so all of our issues with race go back to chapter 3. That's where it all starts. And um, we know that also in chapter 3, God begins to make a promise of like, hey, I'm going to fix all this. It all happens in all that in chapter 3. Everything breaks and God's like, yeah, but I'm going to fix it. And you follow the whole story arc forward, and as it's going and going and going, it's a mixture of people hurting each other and God coming in and, and offering uh, love and leadership and promises that everything is going to get better. And then Jesus shows up. That's pretty awesome. And he comes and he, he shows us what the kingdom looks like, and then he dies to make a way for us to be a part of it. And then he leaves so the spirit can come, and the church is born, and the church begins to carry out this incredible thing that he provides, which is the, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, is what it's called. And so here are God's people who were separated from God. Now they're brought back together. They're separated from each other. Now they get to be brought back together. We're a wreck internally, and he's putting us back together. And it's this progressive story of little by little by little, evil is done away with, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. It has one last big surge, and he puts them away forever. And then it's just this eternity of complete oneness. That's the story arc. And when you get to the end of the book... Look at Revelation 5, look at 9 and 10. They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, 
For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from where? Every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So this work that Jesus did was not just for the Jews. It was not just for the the chosen nation of Israel. It was for all of his people, everyone that he calls to himself. And so when we look at the at the the future ahead of us, it's every nation, every tribe, every tongue gathered together as a kingdom. If you go two chapters down, look in verse uh, chapter seven, nine and ten. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from America, no, from Israel, no, from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, symbolizing that purity, with with palm branches in their hands, which symbolizes peace and victory, crying with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So the story that begins in unity of God and his creation and and Adam and Eve ends with the multitudes also one with him and one with one another from all over the planet. Now, uh, you don't need to turn to here, but Revelation 22 verse 2 has a really curious thing. Talking about the tree of life, the second half, or maybe the first half, I can't remember. The verse says this, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I've read that before. I've read all these passages before. I'm obsessed with them. But um, the leaves of the tree of life were for the healing of the nations. Why, why do the nations need to be healed? If we want to talk about race in the kingdom of God, we have to, we have to kind of have a bird's eye view of things. The Bible says that the nations need to be healed. That we didn't get to that point of every tribe, every tongue, palm branches, white robes, declaring who God is, we didn't get to that point without going through some stuff that needed to be healed. Why do the nations need to be healed? Well, because of sin and its fruit. Because of what happened in chapter 3 of Genesis. Because of the fruit of what sin produces in us is always going to be pain and division And injustice through race has been one of the most prominent and destructive uh, fruit of sin in all of human history. It is very prominent in our day. And when we look back over the last however many number of years in America, it's been a thing. But it goes goes way back. We know this is not new. We didn't invent this. Um, it's a part of that sin and that brokenness. And so I know that, that there are, um, there are times when we talk about racial reconciliation and some take issue with the word reconciliation because the, the implication there is at one point, let's say in in America that whites and blacks got along and then something happened and now we have to bring them back to where they were. And I understand that's, I understand that that term is not accurate if you're talking about American the American experience, which we need to, and we will. 
But just for a second, if we're talking about that, the bookends of that narrative, if we're talking about the big story of God, the reconciling of humans to God and to one another, it, it is reconciliation. He's made us ambassadors so that we can bring that message, be reconciled to God. And when you are reconciled to God, you reconcile to one another. And so we need a reconciliation among various races and ethnic groups and tribes and tongues and languages. We, that, that has to happen um, in, in a big picture, global kingdom sense. So between the bookends, our brokenness led to that kind of division. And uh, at, at some point in that division... Skin color became a way that we could separate from one another. There's all kinds of other things that we use also to kind of separate out. The skin color became one, and probably because it's very convenient, you know, like it's, I, it's just, it's visual. And so at some point, some genius had the idea of like, hey, what, what if we uh, split up among the basic shades of skin based on the uh, melanin in our uh, skin that's really smart and so i mean isn't it just one of the dumbest things you've ever heard really like just whatever so um but at some point that became a way for one group to have a superior advantage over another group and you see it all throughout history and all different parts of the world and so much of the time it is based on skin color or some sort of external thing in some way it's why the Egyptians got the, well. The Egyptians got really nervous about how many, how fast the Hebrew, the Hebrews were having kids when they were enslaved. Because what, if if the Hebrew slaves became the majority, then the things would flip upside down, and so they tried to suppress them. and And it was we just we see it in the Bible, we see it in our, in history, and so here's this brokenness that we that we carry this uh, this human construct of race. Humans made this up as a way to divide and a way to have an advantage in superior groups and a way to oppress, a way to bring injustice to the world. Humans made it up, which is probably why all throughout the Bible, God is bringing a different message to humanity. He's bringing a different message to the world. Um, and He's constantly talking to his people and he's working through his people uh, to help us see the brokenness, uh, to see where that comes from. To help us know that, hey, you, this, is an, this is an internal problem. The fact that you would follow that logic. That someone could tell you, hey, this color skin is superior to this color skin. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, the fact that you would go along with that shows that there's something wrong with you on the inside. That something in there has to happen. And so God's constantly showing us our own brokenness and he's constantly showing us his beauty, his goodness, his uh, brilliance in creating all these different variances among us. The beauty of the diversity of our world, he's, he's showing us that and that is a reflection of himself that we are creating the image of a God who, has, who is diverse, not necessarily in skin color, but father, son, spirit. There's diversity there in, uh, among them. And so here's God saying, hey, you're, you're getting it so wrong and you're using it to hurt one another and I'm not going to put up with it. That's not what you were made for. And all through the Bible, I mean, I have a whole list here. 
Genesis 1, Leviticus 19, 1 Samuel 16, Matthew 28, John 3, Acts 10, Acts 17, Romans 10, 1 Corinthians 12, Colossians 3, Colossians 3 again, because it was also good. 1 John 2, Revelation 14. I mean, from the beginning to the end, it's constant. The Bible is constantly saying that God is a God of justice because you because God chose to make every one of us in his image, every one of us a son, a daughter, every one of us. He says, you, you're going to find ways to hurt each other, and I'm going to find ways to, uh, to help overcome where that's coming from and to heal you. The tree of life in Revelation is for the healing of the nations from all of that garbage. So, when it comes to the division and pain that humans have brought to one another because of skin color, and the unity that Jesus brings us through the cross, uh, the, because, of, because of that, the pain and, and, the, and the healing that comes, when we talk about the healing of the nations, guess whose mission that is? It's ours. This, this belongs to us. This is our story arc. Um, and there are, there are people and there are organizations that are, that are, are very active in, in pushing this forward and all that kind of stuff. And that, that is great because we, we need the big picture thing to happen. But when it comes to, when we hear racism, issues of race, what we need to think right off the bat is like, yeah, that's ours. That's ours. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That's ours. It belongs to us. It was handed to us. It's a kingdom story. It's the kingdom story. It's being lived out in real life, like in real time. It's a, this is a parable that we are participating in at the moment. So Jesus comes, he teaches in all these parables, and you're like, man, that's awesome, Good Samaritan, that's really great. Uh, guess what, we're, we're in one big Good Samaritan parable in this moment. How cool is that? Do you agree, or do you not agree? You agree? Like, that's, that is what is happening, is this parable is unfolding, we are in this, like, let me show you what the kingdom of God looks like, kind of moment. And the thing is, like, Think about like wh- how transformational it would be if, if we, we the church, not just Living Hope Fellowship, but like the capital C church, um, if we were the one that everybody looked to, to try to like find solutions because we're the ones getting it right. Like how cool would it be if, if, um, if pastors and church leaders were consulted by governments around the world being like, hey, we can't really get this racism thing figured out, but you guys are crushing it. Like, what, what do you know that we don't know? Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, I got good news for you. That's exactly what God wants to do. It's exactly what he wants to do. Second Corinthians, you don't need to turn to it. Second Corinthians 2, 14 through 17 is what it says. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. 
Think about that. You're living your life. And through your life, God is spreading the aroma of Christ to those around you. He leads us in triumphal procession. That language talks about when a, when, um, when a general or whoever would return from war and they would parade through the streets. And they would show off the spoils of their victory. I mean, when LSU won the national championship, there's a parade and the, they're all coming through campus and, and they're showing off the national championship trophy. They're like, look what we won. Look what we did. That that's what God is doing through our lives. He's saying, look, look at what I have done. Look, I have taken this horrible sin of racism and I'm healing the nations. Look, look at this person who used to hate other people based on the color of their skin. And now look at him. Transformation. And I don't even mean like, uh, like step one through 10 transformation. It could, you could be in step three transformation. He's like, look, look, you're not the one you used to be. Look who you are becoming. We put so much pressure on ourselves to have to be these like perfect whatevers all the time. And I feel like God is championing every little bit of growth in our lives. Through us spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Look at verse 15. For we are, we the church, are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, we're a fragrance from death to death. To others, uh, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. That is basically saying some people are going to love what Jesus smells like and some people are not. Some people are going to love the progressive sanctification and healing that comes with overcoming racism in our world. Some people are going to love it, and some people are not going to love it. And it, regardless, God is parading us through the streets. He's like, if you don't like how it smells, that's, that's, that's a, it doesn't matter. But if you do, guess what? There's enough to go around. Who, and he says, who is sufficient for these things? Kind of like, who are, who are we to take something so big and so huge Who are we? Verse 17. For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Look, that'll change the way you go to work. That'll change the way you go to Walmart or Target or wherever wherever that you go. that, That will change the way you look at your life. It's why in Acts 1, he said, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, where people who are other than you live. The people that, you are, that your like, racist tendencies are against, who he's talking to at the moment, people you were taught to hate, uh, you're going to take the gospel to them too, because guess what? You don't hate them anymore. And all the way to the ends of the earth. You're going to go right into the belly of the beast. You're going to go right into Rome. You're going to take the gospel to them because God loves the Romans and he loves the Sumerians and the Judeans. So I don't know if I have, have like established enough baseline there, but I I get so burdened by the fact that here's this, like this thing that should be a kingdom thing that sometimes seems to 
get thrown out of a lot of the kingdom dialogue as, as if it's a social issue. It is a social issue. It is not primarily for us a social issue. It's a kingdom issue. It's a Jesus issue. It's a Jesus died on the cross for this issue. So what are we going to do about it? You know, like, what do you, what do you do? I'm very glad that you asked. Uh, Turn to Psalm 139. What are we going to do about it? You know, when this, uh, when George Floyd was killed beginning of the summer, you know, we, that next Sunday took the live stream, talked about it. We had prayer times about it. Um, over the years, talked about it here and there. But uh, it's, it's time to take some more concrete steps, you know. Um, and in praying and just asking God, I mean, like, there's like, so it's just, just overwhelmed. Even this sermon today, I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do. How do you, what do you do? And God's like, well, you, you start where you always start. You start by humbly coming before the Lord and asking him to help you. In Psalm 139, David wraps it up by saying this. This is his prayer. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, it ain't the only place to start, but it's a pretty good one. You come before the Lord and you ask him to search you because he knows your heart, to try you and test you in all the ways that you're thinking and see if there's any grievous way. Is there anything in me that is grieving to the Holy Spirit? That's grieving to the character and mission of God. That's grieving to who, who I am in Christ. That's grieving to the image that I was made in. And would you just lead me in the way? Would you help me to take a step in the right direction? Show me what's going on in here and up here and, and just help me know what to do. One reason why this is a, a good place to start, especially like at the church level, is because we're all in different places on this whole issue. You know, we're we're not all in the same boat necessarily. I mean, for for anyone who is not white, your uh, process of all of this entire topic is so different than people who are white in America. That's how it's going to be is, is the people who are white are going to deal with it and, and are going to have to go through a certain kind of, uh, walking through that prayer that David prayed and people who are not white, it'll look very, very different. Cause if you're not white, you have thought about your skin color, uh, most days of your life in America. And if you were white, you probably hadn't thought about it much at all. That right there puts you in two different lanes. One is not better or worse than the other, but they are vastly different. And so if you are not white, um, I hope that you don't feel isolated by what I'm talking about. I hope that you're encouraged to know that your church, like we're, all, we're a family together. 
And we're going to keep figuring out how to, like, how to make that like, more and more tangible and real. And until this healing of the nations thing is done, uh, we're, we're going to keep at it and we're with you and we're not going to give up. If you are white, um, I've talked with, uh, I've talked with some white people and, uh, enough to know that people are kind of all over the map on this. You have some who are, who are activists. You have some who are, uh, beginning, like beginning to, uh, educate themselves on some things who are just starting to kind of work through their own biases and they're starting to realize some stuff from their upbringings and all that. And, and you have others who are just like, I don't, I'm not convinced that this is really still a problem. And um, I feel like the, it's become a, it's really a political issue and that kind of stuff. You have some who are just overwhelmed by the whole thing. Or how, how in the world can I make a difference? You have some who are like, well, I'm, I am not a racist. I think I'm pretty much treat everybody the same. So I, I, I don't really know that I really have a role in this whole thing. You know, I could go on with examples of, of things and you probably see it. I mean, a lot of you people are on Facebook, like, you know, this, this brings out all kinds of stuff and some of it blesses you and some of it just makes you so sad. (laughs) We're all in different places, which is why self-examination makes sense because each individual comes before the Lord who knows them and you just say, show me what to do. And he's like, okay, for you, it's this, for you, it's this, for you, it's this, for you, it's this, because he knows you. So the goal is not to get everyone to be the same. The goal is not to, to try to get everyone protesting or everyone you know, doing like whatever it may be. The, the, the goal is always going to be Jesus, being more like Jesus. That is the goal. And bringing his kingdom near. And here's the, here's the bottom line reality is if there's racism in us anywhere, we can't be like him. And we can't bring his kingdom near if we're not like him. So what we need is for everyone to just take a step in the right direction. If it's step one, awesome. If it's step six, awesome. I don't know how many steps there are, but you know what I'm saying. To celebrate that together and to give an opportunity and a way to do that. Martin Luther King in uh, his very famous uh, letter from a Birmingham jail, he says this, he says, uh, the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists will we be? Will we be extremists for love or for hate? It's good. So, I bring it all to a close in saying this, isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it? Isn't God worth it? it? Aren't the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit worth it? Isn't the kingdom of God worth it? Isn't the church worth it? Isn't your, your neighbor also made in the image of God worth it? Amen. Aren't your kids worth it? Aren't, look, aren't you worth it? Yeah. Like, aren't you worth letting God sift this out of you so that you can walk in the fullness of who he created you to be? I think you are. So, racism, it's contrary to God. It's contrary to everyone he chose to make in his image. It's contrary to the mission of the church. It's contrary to the mission of this church. And it's contrary to who you and I are. So let's be sanctified in this. Let's take a step 
toward the healing of the nations. And beginning by the healing of the, the person and the healing of our relationships. And as God leads you in the way everlasting, maybe that leads into various forms of, of activism, of education, of conversations with people, of relationships, of diversifying your own life, of whatever it may be. We start by saying, search me, God. And then, you, then he leads you down the different paths and every one of them is beautiful and part of the healing of the nations. So uh, in a practical sense, what do we do? Here's, here's the plan. Um, Today, I'm going to send out an email, and the, the email has five personal assessment questions in the spirit of this topic and that scripture. Five questions, um, and it's just a personal self-assessment. And you have a choice to sit with the Lord and go through those things, um, or not, that's up to you. If you work through those things, and whatever that form that needs to look like, uh, and you want to get together with other people on the 22nd, we're going to offer just a, a gathering. Anyone who's worked through that personal assessment wants to come together and we're going to come together. We're going to share about our experiences. What'd you learn about yourself? Uh, what did God reveal? Are you, you know, and be like, ah, this was confusing and this and this and this, whatever, the, you know, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. We're give you a chance to come together and to process that. And then we're going to offer some like next steps of kind of like, well, if you feel like you're, if you, if you feel like you need to go in this direction, um, come over, like we're going to get all those people kind of bunched together. And maybe if you feel like you need to, your next steps to be in this direction, get those folks together, this direction, those folks together and kind of give you some like fellow travelers. So let's say, let, let's say that you're like, Hey, I, I'm just beginning to like open up to the fact that I got some stuff. Cool, we get all the uh, step oneers together and you kind of put your hands in the middle and say, hey, let's do this, you know? So I'll be on the 22nd and if you're thinking, oh, I can't make it on the 22nd or I got a lot going on, cool, guess what? We're gonna offer it again. This will be something that we offer. And from there, who know, we're just gonna let God bring the things out. Maybe, maybe there are a bunch of themes emerge and we need, to, we need to bring in some specialists to come help us talk about some things and pray through some things, work through some things. Uh, maybe some equipping class topics will come off of this. Maybe sermon series. Like you just, who knows where God will lead it. It's all gonna start though with us as individuals coming before God and saying, search me and try me and test me and lead me. And so I plead with you uh, to consider taking this self-assessment and joining us on the 22nd. And if not, then at some point in the future and realizing that we are here for the healing of the nations. And if you're fired up about our five-year plan, guess, guess what will, will stand in the way of that happening? Racism. It will, it will keep it from happening. It's not the only sin that'll keep it from happening, but it is a big one. So thank you for listening. Uh, I welcome your input and your feedback. But what we need to do now is we need to sing a little bit. Because there's probably some things stirring within you that you need to maybe uh, deal with with the Lord before we like mask up and like scatter out and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to come. And we're going we're gonna to sing. And if you need to come and pray here at the steps, look, we've got a big, wide, long step thing here now. Uh, you're welcome to come and do that as well. So let's stand together as I pray for us.
Lord, there's so much that could be said and preached and prayed and sung today with this theme. But we know that uh, we know that you know our hearts, so we don't have to say everything and sing everything and pray everything. We just need to we just need to be where we are. And God, I'm so grateful that you uh, didn't sit back and just let us destroy each other without intervening. That the nations could go unhealed. They could have. But you chose to come in person and heal us yourself. And that is is just amazing. So would you help us, Father, to... um, Help us to be humble enough to pray the same prayer that David prayed. And if you would use something simple like these five questions or whatever it may be to bring to the surface the things you're ready to deal with and empower us and give us the faith to take a step in the right direction, that's, that'd be a beautiful thing. And so whatever it is that's on our hearts today in these closing moments, help us to Uh, to pray it or sing it or just receive it, whatever we need to do before we dismiss so that we can steward well the things uh, rolling around inside of us this morning.